Recently, I was asked to do a Star Wars prototypes and production podcast panel for a very special event. My good friend Justin Haney and the rest of the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors Club decided to host a virtual Collectors Weekend during this season of quarantine and invited me to be a part of it. The event began on Friday, August 21st and concluded on the afternoon of Sunday, August 23rd. Each day, the Georgia group offered a series of panels spanning 40 years of collecting, with a focus on the Star Wars toys and pre-production pieces that mean so much to us. Here's Justin to tell us more about it. David Quinn asked me to come on and give a little context as to what the virtual social was. My name is Justin Haney. I'm one of the admins and founders of the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors, and we put on the GASWC virtual social. After everything that's happened here in 2020, toy shows being canceled, celebration is no more, and most importantly to us, our summer social, one of the two biggest events our club throws annually, we decided to try and get together and do something for the hobby. We realized we had the ability, the creativity, and the time, and once we contacted Mark Rusciano, which without him, this event would have never been possible, after Mark signed up, we realized we could put on an event for the entire collecting community. The virtual social was an entire weekend filled with panels, interviews, podcasts, game shows. We even had the beloved room sales. It was a full weekend of fun put on by the admins, mods, and countless other members of the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors. Well, As I consider David Quinn a very good friend, and I highly enjoy his podcast, we reached out. David Quinn put forth an amazing amount of effort, as I knew he would. He took it extremely seriously. And what you're about to hear is all that effort that he went into and the special guests and the effort that they put forth. So enjoy this special edition, the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors Virtual Social Edition of prototypes and production. For the podcast panel, I thought it would be good to continue the series titled Collecting During Quarantine, and to examine different areas of our hobby to highlight some of the trends that first appeared or continued during the summer. I invited some of my close friends who specialize in different areas to share their valuable insight with our audience. Each one put a lot of time into researching their segment, and the panel was a big hit. In fact, it was one of the most viewed presentations during the weekend and after it. And the feedback was so positive that it seemed only natural to create a podcast episode about the panel and the group's findings. Together, we all thought it would be beneficial to record a new, fresh version with further insights and information. Here is the panel in its entirety, brought to you by your fellow collectors. Five months into the quarantine, and I'm still amazed at the power of Star Wars and how our hobby has thrived during this time. 
For some, collecting has played a similar part in our lives as the original film trilogy and its prequels and sequels, a wonderful escape from reality. For others, it has served a role that shows like the Clone Wars and Rebels have served, a chance to reconnect with the characters and stories we love. And for almost all of us, collecting is what the series The Mandalorian has become, a new adventure that will continue our Star Wars journey by embracing the past and showing us a direction for the future. And during the quarantine, we have immersed ourselves into the films, series, and books about George Lucas's galaxy far, far away. We've had time to reassess our collections, to pass along the pieces that mean less to us, and to procure the ones we've dreamed of adding someday. And that someday? It's now. Along with the stimulus checks and early tax returns, those planned collector's vacations and toy trips that were canceled during the pandemic equaled more spending money toward the hunt for toys from the comfort of our homes. The collecting world has taken part in a collective yard sale on sites like eBay and in Facebook groups like Deal or No Deal, ones that are open around the clock and where anything can show up for sale. Collecting Star Wars prototypes and production pieces, modern and vintage, action figures and everything else, is healthy. It's what we know. It's what we were doing before COVID. It's what we've been doing during COVID. And it's what we'll continue to do when life returns after COVID. It provides us with a sense of normalcy in an upside-down world. It brings us a spark of hope, for when we collect, what we're really saying is, I'm adding this piece now and preserving it for the future, because my future will be good. This is a look at the Star Wars action figure market over the past five months, and at some of the trends and values across the different areas of the hobby. This is a continuation of the Collecting During Quarantine series. This is a tremendous and joyous weekend of the Virtual Social, hosted by the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors. This is truly an honor. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. It's no surprise that 2020 has not gone the way we thought it would go. But in the same sense, the overall Star Wars collecting market did not go the way many of us expected either. Many of us reasonably expected collecting to fade into the background for a bit, 
And maybe it was time. The latest sequel trilogy concluded at the end of 2019, and it seemed that many collectors would take a break for a while or would drift away from collecting altogether, especially with a pandemic ready to crest. But I am happy to say I was completely wrong. People have had more time to enjoy the Star Wars stories, whether it was by themselves, with their loved ones, or through the eyes of their children for the first time. Collectors plunge deeper into collecting, focusing on completing runs or exploring variants or delving into areas of the hobby which were new and exciting to them. On a recent podcast episode titled How the Quarantine Reignited the Star Wars Collectibles Market, I examined some of the areas that were most affected by this flurry of buying and selling and noted a number of the items whose values had risen during the early months of COVID. And it's been a fun and fascinating look into the marketplace that is Star Wars Collectibles, and I thought it was the perfect topic for a weekend like this, and for a podcast panel. So today, I've invited a number of friends to join me. They're all hardcore collectors like you and me, and each one has a grasp of a specific region of the hobby that should help us to better understand the overall market for Star Wars figures and toys. I'm David Quinn, and I'll be speaking about the vintage carded market. Also joining us today are Ryan, who goes by the name Humble Hoarder on eBay, to share his knowledge of the loose vintage market. Elling Hoga to discuss vintage Star Wars prototypes. Anthony Pagano to talk about modern Star Wars prototypes. Christopher Letty to explain the effects of the Ahsoka and Clone Wars craze after February's Clone Wars Season 7 premiere. Trent Bailey to cover the Mandalorian market and the impact of Hasbro's The Black series. Jason Wilsuko to highlight the latest trends in the vintage collection and the retro series lines. And Clifton Cad Bane Boggs to focus on the upcoming Star Wars toy releases later this year and beyond. Today I wanted to focus on the Kenner carded figures released in lines created after the original trilogy had ended. I'll be covering three popular lines. Power of the Force, which ran from 1984 to 1985 and was a collection of characters spanning the three films. I'll also examine the offerings from the two cartoon series from 1985 as well, Droids and Ewoks. And the values will be for ungraded carded figures unless specified otherwise. Looking at the Power of the Force collection, if 12 backs were the aspirational carded figures in 2015, Power of the Force are the ones to add in 2020. I've broken the run down into four tiers. In Tier 1, Anakin and Yakface are at the top of the last 17, with prices starting at around $5,000 and going all the way up to twenty dollars to $25,000 depending on clear bubbles and condition. And during COVID, Luke Stormtrooper is probably the hottest carded figure and biggest riser in the entire Star Wars Kenner line. In the past, ungraded carded examples sold for between $300 and $500. Now they're selling for $1,000 and up. And graded ones are selling between $1,000 and $2,000. Last year's Hot Power of the Force figure, R2-D2 with the pop-up lightsaber, is now selling consistently between $800 and $1,000 ungraded. And that's your Tier 1. 
In Tier 2, you have three figures, Han Carbonite, Imperial Gunner, and A-Wing Pilot. They're selling in the $400 to $600 range. And as for Han Carbonite, my guess is that he'll be the next to pop up in value. Visually, the Han and Carbonite is not as colorful and as appealing as maybe some of the other ones in the line, and maybe that's the reason for the Tier 2 value. But it is Han Solo, and I believe it will pop up. The next one is the Imperial Gunner, and in the past, it's always been more desirable than the A-Wing pilot, even though they share the same gun. But the A-Wing is one of the hottest risers, loose and carded during quarantine. And carded graded examples recently hit $1,000. Tier 3 may be the most underrated group in the entire collection. In Tier 3 at the top, you have EV-99, Amanaman, and Luke Poncho, who are selling between $300 and $500 consistently. And then below that, you have Lando General and Barada. At two, between $200 and $400. I expect that entire tier to rise over the next year. And finally, the last tier, Tier 4, consists of the Imperial Dignitary and the Ewoks. The Imperial Dignitary is on the verge of jumping up a tier with rising popularity and rarity. The Dignitary goes for $150 to $300 ungraded. And sadly, the Ewoks are still the least desirable in the line. This may change if Disney decides to create a series or a movie around them, but for now, they're at the bottom of Tier 4. Warrock is your most popular and sells between $150 and $300. Poplu and Ramba are in the middle, between $100 and about $250, and Lumat is at the bottom of Tier 4 at $100 to $200. The droids line consists of 12 figures, and for this exercise, I've split them into two different tiers. Tier 1 consists of any figures that are worth $500 or more, and Tier 2 consists of any figures that are worth $250 and less. In Group 1, Boba Fett is the most desirable carded figure in the line, selling for $1,400 and up. Our main characters, C-3PO and R2-D2, have been some of the biggest risers, and with the villainous size from, the three sell for between $700 and $1,000 ungraded, and up to $2,000 graded depending on condition. Rounding out the bottom of Group 1 are the A-Wing Pilot and Tig Fromm, who sell for between $500 and $700. Group 2 consists of six figures whose values are at $250 and under. Uncle Gundy, Thal Jobin, Kezi Bon, and Kia Mole are in the $150 to $250 range, and Jan Tosh and Jord Dusat are at the $100 to $200 range. I believe these six carded figures are some of the most underappreciated ones in the entire Kenner line, and I expect their values to rise, especially over the next six months. And finally, I'd like to discuss the six figures in the Ewoks line. Wicked is clearly the star, selling for between $300 and $400 ungraded, and about $500 to $800 graded. Low Gray is the only other Return of the Jedi character released in this line, and sells for between $150 and $250. He is a riser, so keep an eye out for him. The other four were previously stuck in the $80 to $120 range, but the rest of the line is now in the $100 to $150 range. And unlike most later lines, it's easier to obtain clear bubble examples. So that is your look at the Power of the Force, 
droids, and Ewoks lines for carded figures. And now I'd like to turn it over to Ryan, who will be sharing some insights on the loose vintage Star Wars market. How's it going? I'm Ryan Humble Hoarder on eBay, and uh, uh, David and I had a conversation on his podcast a couple months ago where we discussed loose vintage Star Wars values. And when we did that, um, of course, we used eBay sold listings as our guide. And when we did that episode, we started out in 1977 and we worked our way up to 1985. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit differently. Um, I'm going to start with some of the, the more exciting, the higher ticket items and work my way down. And uh, this encompasses the original releases as, long, as well as the Power of the Force, the droids and the Ewoks figures. So that being said, um, also the prices that I'm quoting are sold listings from eBay and they're high end top quality examples. There have been items that have sold for less, but they're in lesser condition. So the biggest surprise that I found was the R2D2 pop up. Uh, one had sold recently, August 5th, loose, complete for $900. I mean, that's that's a huge jump right there. It, David just said that carded ones are selling for 800 to a thousand or so. So, um, a loose R2 going for 900, that's newsworthy. And then after him, we're looking at size from with his coat is selling for 700 on the high end, uh, which is a big jump as well. Then we're getting into the yak face and the blue snaggle tooth. Now, again, we're talking great condition. Those are in the $550 range already. Um, then we're getting into uh, the droids C3PO and the R2D2 complete, both being around $550, depending on condition, of course, and uh, not seeing much movement in the price right there. After that, we're looking at the Luke Stormtrooper, which David said was one of the hottest items, and that's true. Uh, $500 has been realized recently for a loose, complete uh, Luke Stormtrooper. After him, we have EV-99, who has also been sold for about $500 recently. Um, then we're getting into Tig Fromm, who's at about $400. He, he hasn't seen much movement in his value uh, recently, but he's still at about 400. Then we have a, a man, a man at 350, who he jumped maybe a hundred dollars over the last several months. So that's that's newsworthy there. Then we're looking at Han Carbonite, who's at 325. Which uh, when David and I spoke two months ago, that figure was at 250, maybe on the high end. So you're looking at a 75 dollar jump over the last couple months on that figure. Uh, after Han Carbonite, we're, we're looking at the A-Wing pilot complete. He's looking at, he's looking about $300 complete, but I have seen an example where one sold without the blaster for $235. So that's, that's an impressive jump for the A-Wing pilot. When David and I spoke, uh, two months ago, we were saying how that's a $140, $150 figure. Now here it is at 235. Now that figure's quickly approaching 300. Um, after the A-Wing, we're looking at the Imperial Gunner. He's, he's about $300 complete as well. Um, then we have Warrock, who has been climbing fast. He's looking at $285 on the high end sold um, for a nice Warrock. Then we have Lando General at $250 and Luke Endor Poncho at $250, both sharing the same blaster. Um, and then we have Ramba, two and a quarter, 
And then I think an undervalued figure uh, I've seen is uh, the Wicket from the cartoon line. He's only going for 200 complete, which I'm kind of surprised by that. I have seen in the past where his weapon goes for 150 alone and the figure as well. So that was kind of a surprise. Then we're into the Imperial Dignitary. Uh, he's at 165 in good condition. Like David said, that figure is climbing. Uh, he's a tough one to find in good shape. Then we have Barada around the same area, 165. And getting out of the uh, the rarer figures and looking into some of the 1977 figures, uh, Princess Leia, 1977, Organa, she's looking at about 200, which that's that's been holding steady. Uh, farm Boy has reached as high as $150 recently, just a regular blonde-haired Farm Boy with a regular saber. And R2-D2 has sold recently for $150, 1977 R2-D2. For 150, that's pretty tall on him. And Ben Kenobi going for about a hundred dollars on the high end for a loose example. I wanted to thank David and the Georgia Alliance and all the Star Wars fans out there and collectors. And uh, I'm gonna pass it over to Elling now. Hi everyone, Elling here. Thank you, David, for inviting me to participate in this episode of Prototypes and Production. Uh, as a serious and active vintage prototype collector for the past nearly 14 years. David asked if I'd be interested in briefly sharing my thoughts on the current vintage prototype market. So let's get started. Uh, I guess before we get started, though, uh, get to the good stuff, uh, I should very broadly take a look at where we're at today. So during 2017 and 2018, uh, even into the fall of 2019, we saw record highs beyond anything previously experienced. Uh, there were some significant fines during this time. Previously, uh, or sorry, perhaps the most noticeable was uh, the unproduced droids, white witch, hard copy vehicle. Uh, this piece uh, hadn't been seen in almost 25 years, aside from historical catalog images. Uh, it was sourced by Tom Derby of CIB. Uh, this truly amazing one-of-a-kind piece now resides in Gus Lopez's world-class collection. Uh, in addition to this, uh, there was significant, significant new money injected into the hobby, uh, resulting in numerous high-end prototypes changing hands. Uh, you know, truly holy grail items such as original artwork, three and three quarter inch action figure sculpts, uh, incredibly rare and desirable one of a kind pieces. Um, but with, even with all this, the vintage prototype market began to lag at the tail end of 2019. Um, it was, you know, if it was the, the looming threat of a potential recession um, on the horizon or an exhausted fan base uh, coinciding with the last portion of the sequel trilogy, we just started to see an overall cooling of the vintage prototype market. Uh, and this was even before the pandemic hit. Um, when the pandemic did hit us in March 2020, it simply added more weight to an already struggling market. Uh, regardless of the initial reasons, you know, in 2019, uh, the, uh, you know, the market has experienced some significant changes, you know, in the past 12 months. Um, the marketplace, specifically like where collectors are buying and selling, hasn't changed much. You know, we continue to see eBay, our friendly neighborhood collectible broker, and toy dealers as well as the usual Facebook groups. Um, auction houses like Vectus were joined by Prop Store, uh, which added a dedicated uh, toy auction uh, to both the US and the UK locations. Uh, however, the, the, the newest venue and runaway winner, in my opinion, uh, has been the Deal No Deal Facebook group, which really took off those past five, six months. Uh, this has seen a tremendous number of prototypes being offered, uh, with a great many of them successfully being sold, but not all of them are selling. Um, so, you know, getting into the, the items themselves and, you know, so I wanted to talk about sort of three main areas, uh, three categories, 
Uh, one was the three and three quarter inch line, you know, sort of 3D actual figures, uh, the micro collection, and sort of the broad category of, of 2D stuff. Um, certainly there are other aspects of, of prototypes, but, you know, these are some of the main areas that, that we're seeing being, uh, being sold and, or at least being offered available for sale. Uh, so with the three and three quarter inch line, um, you know, again, different aspects here. So we've got engineering pilots. Uh, we've seen an overall cooling in prices on those uh, figures that would have typically sold for, you know, an easy 5,000, you know, a year or more ago, you know, or down around, you know, struggling around that $2,500. Uh, dollar mark. I mean, it's been really uh, borderline decimated. Uh, first shots, uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag on first shops, but overall we've seen those drop as well. Um, you know, we had a high on deal, no deal, an offer of 11K on a multicolored Lando first shot uh, didn't sell. Um, but then we see things like first shot heads, you know, an Emperor first shot head selling for like $1,500, yet an unproduced Mungo Baobab head, uh, which is in, you know far more rare. Um, you know, had a, had a meager bid of uh, like $500 or something like that. So, you know, not even close to, to where the market traditionally is reflected for a piece like that. Um, the head torso test poles, uh, those are a bit of a mixed bag. If you get the more common ones, uh, you know, those are maybe $600. But ones that are more desirable, like Luke X-Wing, um, and then, you know, far less, less common, uh, we, we saw a high on one of those at $5,400. So, you know, strong, strong prices for sure. Uh, hard copies for the figures, really we're only seeing incomplete pieces, you know, an arm, uh, something like that, a, a broken leg for a, a two-to-one scale. Um, perhaps, in, you know, uh, complete ones that might be selling behind the scenes, but really, uh, you know, that type of, of high-ticket item, you know, isn't something that we're, we're seeing publicly being offered. And that kind of fits in traditional as well. Um, High-end pieces overall, I mean, Wax sculpts, I mean, those are all obviously behind the scenes, private sales, wax casts, you know, we've, we've seen a few of those pop up on deal, no deal, but, you know, it really is, is something that is very focus driven and, and doesn't have very much appeal at this, this current time. So those have, have absolutely, uh, you know, cooled off in terms of desirability, at least. Um, other high-end pieces, you know, paint masters uh, with the paint swatches, I mean, you don't see those available, painted hard copies, you just don't see those. But, you know, uh, essentially those are still selling behind the scenes uh, for pretty good money. Um, another additional item of, of note more recently for the three and quarter inch line, gold Vader case, you know, the prototype case with the back metalized gold rather than the production black. Uh, one of those sold, you know, for around the $10,000 mark on deal, no deal. So, so really, uh, you know, very, very strong uh, price on something like that. Celebration Orlando one sold for or Chicago, sorry, the last one here. Uh, sold for, for about half that price through the Cantina Collectible guys, so quite different. Micro Collection, uh, so the second category here, you know, really we got you got four ups, you got one to ones, and then you got some 2D stuff. Uh, the four ups, you know, painted, unpainted, um, you know, they're, they're just not selling that strong. I mean, there, there's been some really good pieces out there, main characters like Luke uh, that are going unsold, you know, only getting offers around 3000 on deal, no deal. Um, a tremendous set uh, provided by Bill Byers. Uh, the, the Luke on Tauntaun, painted paint master, um, unpainted, the silicon mold, you know, was bid up to $25,000, but it went unsold. And I mean, a piece like that, I mean, truly, truly awesome uh, run. I mean, in the past would have never already hit the market. It would have just uh, been sold behind the scenes quite quickly. And if it had hit the market, it would have sold for far more. So definitely cooling on that. Uh, what does seem to be continuing to be fairly strong are the one-to-one 
micros. So like the test paints, squeezings, uh, bag QC samples. And I think it's really that price point uh, that it allows collectors to, to get in on those. And, you know, the prices are pretty good on those. Uh, 2D elements, uh, blueprints, uh, some great blueprints have been provided, but, you know, those are just, just not moving. They just don't have the interest again. I think it's really focus driven. And, um, you know, displayability of those is always a challenge as well. Uh, Playset proof sheets, you know, for the micro collection. Uh, again, you know, pretty, pretty cool on those as well. Uh, considering how rare, rare those are, I mean, uh, generally those would be snapped up quite quickly. So uh, third category, you know, general 2D, uh, you know, and this, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff potentially to talk about here, but, you know, you've got figure proofs. Uh, generally, we've seen those cool, uh, um, you know, the market soften, unless it's something that, you know, it's like a main character, like a Luke or something like that. I mean, you can have a revenge Chewbacca sell for a thousand bucks, but, you know, uh, original Luke Tatooine, you know, you're looking at $4,000, no problem. So um, really, it, it's very much character focus and, uh, you know, what that what that item is. But in general, proofs like first shots, you know, like engineering pilots are kind of that entry point for collectors into the prototype market. And I think that we've seen an overall, you know, temporary loss of, of collectors at that entry point. So uh, other 2D stuff, chromalins. We don't see many of those, but I mean, those those are so rare. They generally uh, maintain their value quite well, and they sell pretty quickly. Box flats, uh, vehicle box flats, they're likely a little bit soft. Uh, we did see an unproduced box flat for the 12-inch Han Hoth action figure, uh, an exceptional piece that ended up selling through, I think it was for 13500 It was one of the, the top prototype sales that we've had to date on, on deal, no deals. So uh, non-figure proofs and chromons, you know, we see those. Um, those were always, you know, de definitely weaker than, than figures, um, but uh, they're not, uh, you know, not doing terribly well either. Uh, and then you got the big items, photo art, concept art, original art, a lot of that stuff selling, you know, trading hands behind the scenes. You know, you're just not going to see big ticket items like that pop up on eBay or on the public sector. Uh, the exception being some of the concept art. There's been a couple nice Kenner concept art um, images, and they've sold for around $2,000, so... Uh, for anything vintage Kenner, I mean that's that's pretty pretty exceptional. Um, so just a few takeaways here: um, deal, no deal. Whether it's a passing phase or here to stay, I mean, there's no disputing that group has had a notable effect on the hobby. Uh, really, I feel that the greatest effect is that open auction format. You know that uh, you know you're not getting that potential show building that you would see on eBay. Um, you know you, you absolutely can see the bids and what's going on, and I, I think that really you know, has brought the market down, maybe more of a market correction, I guess, given the, the current times anyway here. Um, you know, the hot items, absolutely in the, the hundreds to a few thousands of dollars. You know, people spending big money on, you know, multi-thousand, $10,000 items. Uh, absolutely, that is happening. You know, it's, it's private, but that's definitely cool. And what we're seeing is that that lower uh, price point is, is definitely the hot area. People are more content to pick up multiple smaller items. Uh, and like I said, we may have lost some, you know, uh, entry-level collectors, collectors in general due to global conditions, but I, I do think that's a temporary loss. Uh, as we see confidence uh, regained in those collectors, the market's going to recover. You know, Star Wars is forever, so it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, private sales to continue to be, you know, behind the scenes, high-end items. Um, you know, collectors that have these generally don't need to sell them, so... You know, they're prepared to hold these things and, and just wait for the for the right buyer to come along. Uh, rare is rare. I mean, the, these items um, will continue to be generally very desirable. So 
overall, I mean, right now, um, if you're confident in your financial situation, it's a great opportunity to, to buy. I mean, you can get a lot of great items right now. Uh, you know, a cautious, you know, a collector can, can really do very, very well. So, but ultimately, you know, collect what you like, you know, don't collect for investment. So that's about it. So Anthony, if you want to share some thoughts on, on modern prototypes, that would be wonderful. Thanks, Ellie. Yeah, I think that some of that has led to some of the vintage collectors uh, coming over to the dark side, as you will, and uh, starting to pick up some of the uh, the modern pre-production pieces. Uh, seen a, a kind of a, a new interest in some of the the modern stuff from uh, some of the vintage guys, or what used to be strictly vintage guys, and uh, of course you've got uh, some some newer guys that are starting to get into uh, collecting the modern prototypes. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, my name is Anthony Pagano, and uh, I, I, I collect modern prototypes. So I'm going to talk with you guys a little bit today about um, some of the, the trends in modern pre-production, uh, modern prototypes. So uh, jumping into it, uh, the things that are hot in modern pre-production right now, um, Power of the Force 2 is uh, extremely hot right now. Uh, especially uh, funky color uh, first shots and uh, test shots. Uh, hard copies, of course, are, are always popular, but uh, the the scarcity of them, you know, you don't have too many sales that uh, come up these days. Um, I would say that uh, for a Power of the Force 2 hard copy, if it were to uh, pop up, it would br bring between uh, twelve and $1,500, um, especially uh, one of the earlier... Uh, First shots for the Power of the Force 2 line or a pop, more popular character would be towards the higher end of that uh, that, that, that range there in the 1500. Um, so as, as I mentioned, the Funky Color uh, first shots. Uh, recently, a, a Bosque sold for $300. Uh, a Crowd Control Stormtrooper in some really cool colors uh, sold for $581 and some change. Um, there's been uh, some some pieces and parts that have sold between uh, fifty and one hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, a dark trooper from the expanding universe line recently sold for three hundred twenty-five dollars. Uh, the skiff guards, Clay uh, Two, Barada, and Nikto. Uh, recently, uh, the skiff guards three pack it sold for uh, seven hundred fifty dollars in some uh, some cool colors. So that was a good price. Um, the the space trooper. From the uh, expanding universe line has or subline has has sold uh, recently for three hundred fifty dollars, um, and an, an ATST in uh, some close to production colors uh, recently sold for twelve hundred dollars, and then uh, kind of a surprising one, a Vader with removable helmet uh, in some 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 cool colors sold for a thousand dollars, not too surprising I guess the. Uh, it didn't have the uh, the saber with it, but still, it's, uh, it's a, a decent decent price for uh, a cool cool color uh, Vader first shot. Um, first shots in uh, production colors. Uh, a Greedo recently sold for three hundred and thirty dollars. That was a great price for the the Comtech uh, Greedo. Um, some of the two D stuff from Power of the Force two uh, recently sold. There was a, a, a Millennium Falcon run that sold for uh, uh, thirty eight hundred dollars. That was a it was a pretty big run though. Uh, lots of transparencies, uh, a box flat, and some uh, uh, handmade pieces there. Um, a European 
uh, Trilogo lightsaber box proof sold for $321 or $320. Um, Italian uh, lightsaber box proof sold for $300. Um, Luke, uh, two, two foreign Luke uh, speeder bikes uh, box proof for those uh, sold for $300. And uh, a, a really staggering price that, that went for a, uh, a Greedo Chromalin sold for over $3,600. So that was a really, uh, really cool unexpected, unexpected piece to pop up and uh, sold for a big, huge number. So uh, some of the paint samples are engineering pilots. Uh, a Luke Dagobah recently sold for $100, and then an R5D4 sold for $350. Uh, it had kind of a, a non-production color uh, rocket and uh, firing pin on it, though, so it was uh, a really early uh, engineering pilot, so it was a cool piece. Um, some other hot items now, uh, the, uh, the Clone Wars, uh, all the, the funky color test shots and first shots for those and uh, and, and hard copies as well are, uh, are all pretty hot right now. Um, the uh, the Black Series 6-inch, there was a, a mock-up uh, IG-88 that sold for $650 on Deal or No Deal. Um, a production color Luke first shot uh, sold for $140. And then uh, a hard copy helmet and uh, torso for the Clone Trooper uh, that I had sold for $150. Um, a uh, vintage collection uh, low-gray hard copy uh, recently sold for $800. The From the 30th anniversary uh, collection, uh, the Macquarie Concept Series subline, that was uh, it's, it seems to be really popular uh, right now and uh, just growing in popularity. Uh, there's several collectors that have focuses on this this run. Um, so, uh, uh, a Han recently sold for $275 and, uh, a couple months later, a, uh, Leia popped up and sold for $500. So the price just keep going up. Um, let's see the, uh, power of the Jedi, uh, funky color test shots, uh, and first shots seem to be doing really well right now. Uh, some really rare ones came up for sale recently on Deal or No Deal. Uh, Qui-Gon sold for 350 a Luke pilot, uh, X-wing pilot, sold for three hundred. Uh, Chewbacca welder sold for two hundred and eighty. R4M9 two hundred seventy-five. Uh, Cold weather Obi-Wan uh, in some really cool colors sold for three hundred seventy-five. And then uh, Queen Amidala's uh, there was one that sold for two seventy-five and three hundred. And then uh, a Sabi uh, sold for two hundred eighty-five. And then uh, to go along with that, the uh, the hard copies for uh, Power of the Jedi, they seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, they seem to be selling around uh, $800 to $1,000. And then, uh, surprisingly, a, uh, a mold for the Luke X-Wing pilot head uh, was recently offered for sale. And uh, I don't believe it, a deal was ever made on it, but it had an offer of $700 was the, uh, the last offer that I saw on it. Um, uh, one more thing that uh, is definitely really hot right now, uh, and Chris will be talking a little bit uh, more about these uh, in the next segment, are uh, Ahsoka pre-production items are, are just crazy popular right now. So now that we've talked about the, the hot items uh, in the pre-production uh, modern world, we'll talk about uh, items that are cooling down. Um, 
So I would say that uh, the, the demand for the uh, the Comtech version two uh, carded samples, um, these were uh, unproduced, uh, canceled. Uh, episode one uh, continuation line uh, figures. They the figures themselves eventually, or most of the figures were released in the episode, the uh, Power of the Jedi line. Uh, but they were going to originally uh, release them as a continuation of the Comtech chip line uh, for Episode One and uh, for Power of the Force Two as well, uh, in which they had you know more expanded uh, Comtech chip phrases. So they had twice the speech, and it was a little bit uh, more clear the the speech on them. These are uh, really cool uh, samples, carded samples. the The packaging looked great on them. Um, I would say now the Episode 1 uh, Comtech 2 uh, carded samples with the chips in the packaging, uh, I would say would bring between $1,000 and uh, $1,200 and around $800 for the, uh, the Power of the Force 2 Chewbacca Comtech 2 chip figure. Uh, the ones that come without the chip uh, on the card, I would say would bring around $400 is what they, uh, what they normally bring. Um, I've seen some sell for a little bit less uh, Recently, the uh, with the the chip and without, um, and then uh, the chips themselves, uh, loose. Uh, there's some that are really rare; only a handful were ever found. So those are still around, you know, two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars possibly. And uh, ones like the the Chewbacca, which there's hundreds of, would sell between twenty and twenty five dollars. Um, uh, other items that are cooling right now, I would say, would be uh, paint samples. Um, so a paint sample for the episode one, uh, Queen Amidala, really good, uh, paint sample, uh, cool paint scheme on it and everything, uh, really detailed, sold for just $150 recently. That's not too bad, but, uh, then you get into, uh, the Black Series, which is, uh, actually really popular right now, but, um, the paint samples for it don't seem to be selling for too much, um, you know, some, uh, some clones that had uh, first shot heads, uh, a pair of those sold for $75. Uh, a Boba Fett, which is normally a really popular figure uh, to get anything pre-production for, uh, with no heads, sold for $100. And then uh, I would also say uh, Episode 1 first shots seem to be uh, slowing down just a little bit. Uh, they're, they're still pretty hot, but... Uh, uh, an Amidala with a cinching gun, it sold for $200, um, that's a tough piece to get, uh, so it was a pretty decent price, but uh, then a, a, a Graxel from the, uh, one of the three packs, uh, without his cloak, and some cool funky non-production colors, uh, sold for $250, I would have assumed it probably would have sold for, you know, 300 or 350 in that today's market. And uh, that's it for the uh, cooling down section. Okay, so we've talked about modern pre-production items that are hot and uh, modern pre-production items that are cooling off. Uh, so now we'll talk about the modern pre-production items that are not hot, which unfortunately for me, I have uh, quite a number of these items uh, available. But uh, we'll jump into that. So uh, it seems like anything from the sequel trilogy uh in modern pre-production doesn't seem to be uh, doing very well right now. Uh, as I mentioned, I've got a number of these. Um, 
I got them from a uh, uh, a U.S. Uh, Hasbro source. Uh, the, a lot of carded samples and box samples. Um, most of them are, are pretty close to production, so I can see why that uh, isn't so hot. Uh, but they do have the uh, the tracking numbers on them, uh, Hasbro security tracking numbers. So Hasbro uses these numbers uh, to track all of their prototypes now. So all prototypes are supposed to be destroyed. Uh, they put shredders in the 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 uh, Hasbro office in the U.S. and uh, in the factories overseas, and uh, all pre-production is supposed to be shredded now. So it's really hard to get anything new for the uh, pre-production. Uh, phases for any of these new lines but uh, the, these tracking numbers are tied to paperwork so uh, it's really risky for anybody to uh, to, to get these the uh, and try to sell them if Hasbro sees one pop up on eBay they can just check the uh, paperwork and see who the last person signed the uh, the pre-production item out and uh, they can plug the leak that way so uh, it's a huge risk for for sources overseas and they've all dried up uh, other items that aren't aren't hot right now, uh, I would say uh, paint samples. Uh, they they look a lot like their production production figures. They come bagged or loose. Um, I've got some that are uh, in tape sealed bags from the uh, the Hasbro factory overseas. Uh, they might have some slight patent differences, but they look a lot like uh, pre production or a lot like a production figure. Uh, they may have. Uh, these Hasbro security tracking numbers, or they may have a uh, tracking mark like the uh, the HFE markings on the head, or or something like that. Um, still, these are only bringing it seems uh, you know between twenty five, fifty, maybe upwards of a hundred dollars for a popular character. Um, so uh, the the carded samples, uh, it seems like these uh, these are always kind of uh, back and forth. Uh, they're not don't ever get too too popular I guess because they they look a lot like the production item and it's hard to uh, display them uh, with the rest of your production um, pre-production pieces so uh, they take up a lot of room uh, and like I said they look a lot like the the production items so they might have a uh, an inner bubble difference uh, the, a blaster may be on the left side versus the right side or something like that or uh, may have a, a slight paint difference, um, and then other than that, they just have a uh, one of maybe one of the Hasbro security tracking numbers on the back, or possibly a a, a really early date stamp if it's before the uh, issuance of these new tracking numbers, uh, which happened around 2011. They might have a new uh, an early date stamp or a date stamp that ends in eight, as the last digit of the date stamp would mean it's pre-production, but. Uh, other than that, it looks looks a lot like a production figure. So these have only been selling, it seems like, uh, anywhere between 100 and maybe $150 for uh, some of the newer ones. So uh, other items that are uh, not really hot right now, uh, the green tag figures, uh, if it's anything other than a Power of the Force 2 line and possibly an Episode 1 or Power of the Jedi line, don't seem to be doing really well. Um, they, they seem to be selling for maybe around $50. Um, and then even less for some of the ones I've got a lot of them that, uh, it seems like the Hasbro employees recently have started removing these green tags, um, the, the sign off tags on them. So, uh, 
yes, it's a uh, a pre-production piece still, and it may have some differences from the uh, production figures, but uh, it's hard to really display that or, or, or tell the difference. Uh, and then since they're just ripping these tags off, a lot of them are... Uh, the back of the card is ripped or uh, has the, the tape residue from the uh, the green tag. So these have been selling between uh, you know 10 and 30 or 40 dollars possibly. And that's really it for the the not hot uh, items right now. All right guys, so in closing, uh, here's my predictions for the years to come. Um, I would expect the tracking number items to uh, start catching on in the next couple of years. Um, Ever since the introduction of these these tracking numbers, it's been really difficult to obtain anything pre-production. Um, most of my sources overseas have, have gone dark, and uh, it's just been really, really difficult now that they're uh, destroying all the uh, pre-production items. So uh, in the next five years, I would say the Revenge of the Sith line uh, pre-production items should start uh, getting even, uh, even hotter. Uh, they're already starting to gain popularity. Um, in the next seven years, the, the 30th anniversary uh, collection line uh, should start uh, getting a lot more popular. Uh, it's got some great sculpts, and uh, the figures have great articulation, and uh, that Macquarie concept series uh, subline is already very popular. So uh, so in the next uh, 10 years, the vintage collection line should uh, definitely be uh, very popular. It's already uh, got a huge following uh, for production pieces. Um, they, you know, they got rid of the line back around 2012, 2013, and, uh, it had such a, a huge following that, uh, they brought it back. So I think, uh, pre-production items for, for this line should, uh, should skyrocket in the next 10 years. Um, and, uh, that's it guys. Uh, I appreciate you uh, listening and now I'm going to pass it over to, uh, Chris Letty. Thanks. Hi, my name is Chris Letty, AKA Vintage Viewport on social media. And I'll be discussing the current market since the release of Clone Wars Season 7 earlier this year for several key Ahsoka Tano items and some sought-after Clone Wars-specific figures and multi-packs. First off, I wanted to talk about Ahsoka pre-production items or the lack of them on the open market over the past three years. Now, surprisingly, several Ahsoka pieces popped up on Deal or No Deal recently and really changed the landscape for her prototype values. David discussed these sales on a few episodes ago, but I'll reiterate. An unpainted first shot of her CW44 figure sold for over $2,000. An HFE sample of her spacesuit version from Cad Bane's Escape set sold for $900, and a carded sample of her scuba gear figure sold for $1,200. Aside from those, there hasn't been much else out there for her prototypes other than several 6-inch Black Series first shots, of her Rebels figure that had been selling between $200 and $250. Now, many Ahsoka production items have shot up in value as well. Most notably is that CW44 figure from 2011, representing her costume change in Season 3. In the past eight months, prices for a loose complete figure have gone from an average of $50 to $75, all the way up to $200 now. A carded example used to be around 100 to 125, but now goes for 200 to 350 dollars. Another key three and three quarter inch figure of hers that's seen a value shift is her scuba gear figure CW15 from 2012. 
This figure Loose Complete was selling for $20 to $25, but now goes for $75 to $100. Carded examples were $35 to $50, and now have jumped up to $100 to $150. The next key figure that collectors have really been driving up the market on is VC-102. This is the realistic take on Ahsoka from the Vintage Collection. As it's always been desirable, since Clone Wars Season 7 has come out, this one has nearly tripled in value. I bought my example at Celebration Chicago for $105. That was a steal, since the going rate was $125 to $150. Now you can expect unpunched, high-grade examples to sell for $250 to $400. If this is still one you need for your TVC run, pray for a re-release. Changing gears for Ahsoka items, I wanted to bring up her 11-inch Forces of Destiny figure released by Hasbro in 2018. This figure sat on many retailers' sites for quite some time, hovering around retail at $25. Now, this previously underrated figure is going for $75 to $125. Another thing of hers I wanted to mention was her Clone Wars Dark Horse Comics first appearance in issue number one. The regular release and the limited edition are two of the hottest comics on the market currently. High grades of each variation will fetch well over $1,000, so check your long boxes. You might have one tucked away. One last item I want to make everyone aware of is the Hot Toys six-scale figure that popped up for pre-order within the last few weeks. This, in my opinion, is the ultimate representation of the character in collectibles form. It depicts her appearance in the last arc of Season 7 of The Clone Wars. It's masterfully crafted, and if you haven't seen it, go check out the images and links at SixScaleScavengers.com. You'll have to wait a year and a half for her, but it will definitely be worth the $250. And finally, some of the key Clone Wars figures to look out for are any exclusive multi-packs like the Ark Troopers, Defend Kamino Escape, and Mandalorian Warriors. Single releases for Asajj Ventress, Captain Rex, Pre Vizsla, Commander Wolf, Commander Colt, and other unique clones and Mandalorian base figures have all increased substantially in value. Now, I want to thank David for including me in this episode. And for more Hot Toys and Six Scale info, check out my podcast and YouTube channel, SixScaleScavengers.com. Thank you. Hey, Trent Bailey from Nashville, Tennessee here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mandalorian and the Black Series, especially uh, considering the current market. Um, obviously, 2020 has not been the best of years, but one of the bright spots has been the Mandalorian, um, the release of the show and the uh, subsequent uh, toy and merchandise release has been uh, a, a tr- true positive for Star Wars collectors. Um, and the one thing that kind of was an early uh, hit was Baby Yoda. Uh, and that still holds true. Baby Yoda merch still sells really well. Um, uh, the one difference being that early on, it was not readily available, and now it's everywhere. Um, and most items um, still to this day are available. There's not a whole lot of stuff that is just super hard to find. And we'll talk about a couple uh, isolated things, but um, uh, we'll kind of get into the general spectrum of Mandalorian merchandise. So once again, Baby Yoda was huge. Um, most everything that he is on is available at retail or available online at retail prices. 
the one standout for Baby Yoda has been the Build-A-Bear Baby Yoda, which initially went on pre-order and then on sale at their stores and sold out very quickly. Um, was reaching upwards of $100, $125 plus on eBay for a long time. Now, since the... Uh, since the recording of this podcast, um, or as of this last week, I did see a thing announced that they were going to re-release it. Um, and so anybody that's been waiting on that, that might be your, your cue. Um, it's very it's a cool piece. Um, I haven't been to a Build-A-Bear in years, so I haven't seen it in, in hand, but the photos look awesome. Um, another really popular item always is going to be Lego. Uh, so far, we have three major um, releases. One is the ATST with the Clatoonian... Um, or from the Clatoonian episode. Uh, also, uh, the Mandalorian Battle Pack, which featured four Mandalorian figures and some uh, accessories. Uh, nothing specific to the show itself, but just general Mandalorians. Also have a Mandalorian and Baby Yoda brick heads figure set. Um, so not exactly a normal uh, Lego action set, but you know, still, it's out there. Um, and then... Uh, Due to release on September 1st is the Razor Crest. So I, I'm not sure it's an Amazon exclusive or if it's widespread right now, but I know as of for Amazon, it's supposed to release on the September 1st. And that's uh, retails $125. So as typical with Lego, most of the stuff is available pretty consistently. Uh, just stores may be in and out of stock online, pretty much available too. Um, a kind of a surprise has been the Hot Wheels. Uh, collectibles. Uh, so far, we have the ATST, the Razor Crest, and the Tie Dagger, which was Moff Gideon's um, vehicle. Uh, there's been a couple different releases of the Razor Crest, um, and some of the earlier releases have reached you know as high as like fifty dollars on eBay. Now, once again, these may be outlier kind of prices. They may be. Um, you know, just kind of a one-off, but you can still find them in the newer packaging, you know, for retail or just above. Um, I have not seen them in stores in forever, so it's it's kind of strange on that front. But online, they are available. Um, you know, one of the big collectibles within Star Wars collecting is the vintage collection, uh, especially since its resurgence a couple of years ago. Um, the Mandalorian figure still sells really well in that twenty-five to thirty-five dollar range. Um, I have not seen him at retail in three months, if or probably longer than that. Cara Dune, the, Rem- the Remnant Stormtrooper also featured. Um, their prices range from, you know, anywhere from uh, $12.50 up to $20, $25 in some cases. So they stay pretty readily available also, and I have seen some of these at stores. Um, the ATST set, which was the uh, set that had the Clatoonian figure, um, the set itself goes for $50 to $65 and has kind of cooled off a little bit. The figure by itself goes for 30 plus. So that if you're just after the figure itself, it may be a little bit more costly. Um, also, the Troop Transport, which was a huge uh, release uh, that has started cooling down some as far as pricing. You know, 50 to $60 on eBay is pretty average. I think Amazon had it on sale for $53 as a time of me recording this. Um, we still don't know what else is coming for Vintage Collection, but um, hopefully a lot more for Mandalorian because those figures have been really awesome. And the Remnant Stormtrooper is just a, a killer figure. Um, moving on to Black Series, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Black Series as a whole in the next segment. But, um, you know, obviously there's a couple standouts here. You know, the Mandalorian figure is always going to be um, wanted, and it's 
fairly easy to get online. A lot of retailers have been able to get the case packs of eight. And so you might be able to find it on Entertainment Earth, Dorkside, Big Bad Toy Store. Um, the white box first issue or first release Mandalorian, which was uh, came out when the figures first came out, uh, that thing is still commanding a high dollar on the secondary market. Uh, prices ranging from 150 to 350 dollars, depending on the day. Um, that is a highly sought after figure um, and will run you a high dollar if you ever find one. Also, the Target exclusive carbonized Mandalorian stayed very high for a long time, you know, in that 50 plus range. Now that has started cooling down a little bit into that 40 to $50 range. Um, still not easy to find, but on the secondary market, it's there. Uh, the most recent release, uh, which was the, in the new packaging, the best car upgrade Mandalorian, uh, still uh, hitting shelves now, but he's definitely commanding a price. He's 50 plus on eBay at this point. Um, so if you see him in person, grab him. Um, another couple surprises, the Heavy Mandalorian has started cooling down since secondary releases have been uh, getting out to people, uh, either from Entertainment Earth or other outlets. Initially, that was very tough to find. It was a Best Buy exclusive when it first came out. Um, another exclusive, IG-11, has been actually on the uptick. You know, It's in the 40 to $50 range now, which compared to it was just sitting on shelves for a while. Cara Dune, the Jawa, and the Baby Yoda are basically um, at retail or just above. Some, some a little bit easier to find, but um, still commanding a price. Uh, the Mandalorian show is definitely not going to lose any fandom anytime soon. So I imagine Black Series, which is already a huge collectible in itself, will be continuing. Uh, beyond that, uh, some higher um, price and higher definition collectibles such as Gentle Giant and Hot Toys are starting to roll out. Um, Hot Toys being probably the biggest and best you know, action figure there is, 12-inch uh, scale, um, highly detailed. Um, so far, they've announced the regular Mandalorian, the best car Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, IG-11, the heavy Mandalorian, and a biker scout that comes with a speeder bike. Um, those will all be in that 200 to $400 range, depending on which version you get. Um, also, right now, the only one available that I'm aware of is the Hot, to- um, the Hot Toys Remnant Stormtrooper. So he is available now for retail price, which I believe is $225. Uh, if you go to like Sideshow Toy or go to any Hot Toy retailer. Um, another really popular release that was announced is the life-size Baby Yoda from Gentle Giant. Pre-sales are still available um, in that $375 price range. Now, we haven't seen these in hand yet, but I imagine they will be pretty awesome. And if they are as awesome as I expect, I imagine a lot of people will want one and they will sell out eventually. Um, one huge surprise for The Mandalorian has been the um, 2019 New York Comic Con exclusive Mandalorian Funko Pop, which... I would have never guessed it, but is selling for anywhere from $250 to $500 on eBay for a pop figure. Um, Very collectible, very hard to find, very limited. Um, So if you have one of those, you're you're pretty lucky. Um, Some recent release stuff to watch out for. um, We have the Electronic Dark Saber starting to hit stores. That would be the Moff Gideon Saber, the one that we also would have seen in Rebels with Sabine Wren uh, and Clone Wars with Pre Vizsla. Um, that so far is at retail price of 60 or so. Um, but because of that, 
you know, and because of Mandalorian in general, we're starting to see increase in prices of Clone Wars related items. So the pre Vizsla figure that actually featured the dark saber, you know, that, uh, carded figure is up to a hundred dollars. The loose being in the 60 to $70 range. And I've even seen the saber itself sell for 30 to $40. So if you see one of those, pick it up. Um, also any Mandalorian warrior or death watch figure, um, from the original clone wars releases is highly increasing in value loose for 50 plus dollars carded 80 plus the multi-packs in the 300 to 400 dollar range uh it's it's kind of amazing to see uh, a couple last things to mention with mandalorian um for the people that are into prop displays or um cosplay anovos has released the pre-order for their mandalorian helmet which looks amazing um it is pricey at 650 dollars, but knowing what anovos does they are going to be awesome so now, the one thing I really want to touch on with Mandalorian, um, even though we have all these great items from Hasbro and um, the other uh, main retail companies, some of the coolest stuff to come out has been the customs. So there's uh, several people making custom figures for the Mandalorian, uh, several in that kind of old vintage Kenner style, 5POA, um, kind of static even for some of them. And the two that come to mind most frequently are Toy Weaver and Has No Talent. Both have made some amazing pieces, and as of right now, they are the only way to get several figures or characters such as Quill, uh, Blurgs, the Armorer. Um, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, has No Talent has so far as produced regular Mandalorian, the best car upgrade Mandalorian, the Heavy Mando, the Armorer, Quill, Blurgs in multiple colors, Baby Yodas, um, and those actually have come in Popey style boxes with coins, um, and they've also had some metallic variations. So um, for those that don't know, Popey was a Japanese release of vintage Star Wars figures. They came in cardboard boxes and individually bagged. So it's just kind of a cool presentation. But um, also Toy Weaver has done some absolutely amazing custom work. Um, he's um, I don't know as much about his upcoming releases, but I know he's getting into Moff Gideon now is going to be coming up. Um, definitely watch his Facebook page. Um, those go quick. That's the big thing with customs is there's a huge market for them and they go quick when they're announced and they go on sale, they're gone. So, uh, check out toy weaver and has no talent, uh, toy Weaver on Facebook and has no talent on Instagram. Uh, and so that basically does it for the Mandalorian. There's obviously things that I would not be able to get into, but, uh, in general, that's a, a nice little cross spectrum of where we're at. Uh, I would say that Mandalorian remains collectible and most people are going to be after most of it. So, um, but like I said before, a lot of it is still readily available online. So now we're going to move into black series. Uh, you know, back in 2013, we were coming out of, you know, the vintage collection, um, and kind of in a little bit of a standstill with star Wars. This was pre, um, you know, force awakens even. And so we were introduced to a new line of uh, Star Wars figures, initially as a continuation of the vintage collection with three and three-fourth scale, uh, then eventually into the six-inch scale, which was a totally new venture for Hasbro, for Star Wars in general. Uh, and even though it may have started off a little slow um, with the original figures you know, hanging around for you know, several months, it picked up quickly and became, um, in general, a phenomenon within the collecting world. Uh, we still have huge numbers of collectors seeking these out. Um, 
and some of them are very hard to find. Some of them are very expensive. So we're going to go through just some general stuff with Black Series here. You know, the original line or the OG um, orange car or orange box and then into the blue box line. You know, the original four figures forever commanded high prices, you know, up in the hundreds each. Now they've started to really cool down, especially since most of them, uh, actually I believe all of them, have been re-released in some capacity, either through the archive line or just in a repackage form. So the original four being uh, X-Wing Luke, Sand Trooper, R2-D2, and Darth Maul. All the original ones you can get in that kind of $50 range, if not a little bit cheaper. Um, some of the secondary waves like Han, Slave Leia, Greedo, um, those have increased some. It's uh, surprising to see Greedo actually get into that 30 to $50 range and higher. Uh, the classic Boba Fett, you know, forever was a very hard-to-find figure. It's cooled off quite a bit since he's been released a couple times more. Um, still an amazing figure if you can find him, but he's in that $50 range, maybe a little bit less. Um, something to keep in mind, though, those really early releases with the three-and-three-quarter scale, uh, some of those are really hard to find, especially in good shape. The bubbles would detach from the cards so much that it's hard to find to actually mint one. Um, but characters, kind of obscure characters like Pablo Jill, Darth Plagueis, the Republic Trooper, Mace Windu, Cody, a lot of those are going for crazy amounts of money. Um, in general, clones are going for a lot of money right now. But um, if we talk about just the six-inch scale, one that comes to mind is that Commander Cody from the blue line, uh, the blue box line, which is you know over a hundred dollars now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a re-release of him, but still, that's a high dollar. So once uh, we transitioned into the red and black box, uh, we also got uh, a numerical system for cataloging these. Um, this started with The Force Awakens and has continued up till just recent when we switched uh, box styles again. So uh, in general, these for a long time were hard to get. Uh, then they cooled off and a lot of them weren't really holding value for a long time. But now that has started to pick up. So classic you know, era figures such as you know, the original Luke Skywalker, uh, Princess Leia, Sand Trooper, Lando, Royal Guards, those are all holding value at least. We're not losing value on them. The Rebels characters were doing really well for a long time. Ezra, you know, reaching into that $70 to $100 range. Chopper, you know, all of them were kind of reaching high, not to include Ahsoka as well. Those have cooled off a little bit since we've had the re-releases in the new packaging style. But for the hardcore original collectors, those are still pretty sought after um the most recent emperor release which was the boxed uh version with the um throne and the multiple heads and hands that is well be uh, well above what retail was it's now in that 80 to 125 dollar range which is just unreal um rex com- continues to have a premium at 50 plus dollars commander wolf in the 75 dollar range Though, as of this recording, they've actually announced there will be some re-releases, and I believe Wolf is one of them. Uh, most of Rogue One is pretty cheap, you know, except for some of the you know, troopers, shore troopers and hover tank pilot and whatnot. Uh, but most of, like, Jin and uh, Cassians and all those are pretty easy. For a while there, it was really hard to get um, uh, Chariot Emway and Baze Malbus, but even those have kind of co- cooled down a little bit. The Walmart initially Walmart exclusive shock troopers still pretty hard to get, pretty heavy price tag at fifty plus. 
Um, another thing to kind of keep in mind is that with the red box, we also got the Reeb kind of branded uh, 3.75 scale black series, which were, um, like I said before, the vintage collection continued. Those are still, in some cases, hard to get um, or pricey. So the, the Ahsoka, which is just a repack of the vintage collection figure, um, is at thirty plus dollars. The prototype FET is at twenty five plus. You know the rest are pretty easily easy to find in that cheap range, but they are the same figures. So if you're looking for the vintage collection figures or the Black Series early Black Series figures that they re released, those may be the cheaper way to get them if you're a loose collector. Um, Archive series has surprisingly continued to hold value pretty well. The first several, the Biker Scout, FET, Anakin, Maul, they're all still in that thirty to forty five dollar range. Um, and kind of recent uh, line is the gaming greats from GameStop. So these primarily feature characters from the video games. Um, a standout for sure is the Purge Trooper, which is at $80 plus. Um, and then you also have the uh, Darth Revan second release and a couple more since then that are in that 45 to $50 range. Exclusives always will hold value in some capacity. You know, the Celebration Luke X-Wing um, Kenner-style packaging still in that $200 range. The San Diego um, Boba Fett, that very first one that came out with the Han Carbonite, that box set still $300 plus. The 40th anniversary Boba Fett, which is on the in the original Kenner-style packaging and coloration, still $250 plus. You know, Jabba's throne room, uh, $150 for the special. The regular Jabba's even at $70. Um, Biker Scout and the Shadow Trooper set 130. The Thrawn convention exclusive was you know 150 or so. Uh, a real standout is the Entertainment Earth uh, Order 66 Trooper Pack, which is at nearly 400. dollars As I said before, the clones are pretty heavy right now. Um, a couple really kind of surprises for me um, to end this out. Um, things that I never really collected, like the helmets and the lightsabers, they're holding value if not increasing. Um, you know, some of the helmets reaching into the three hundred to four hundred dollar range, such as with Kylo Ren, or the Shadow Trooper, or the Shock Troopers. I mean, they're all fairly expensive, and I think the main thing is that a lot of the um, cosplayers are starting to use it. So the five hundred first can, you know, they can modify some of this stuff to get it pretty close to accurate. The Kylo Ren is the standout for sure, um, but the Luke X Wing, the Vader, they're both two hundred plus dollars. They're holding value and in increasing. So if you're a helmet collector and you have the opportunity to get these, it may be worth picking up. Um, lastly, the lightsabers. The pricing is kind of all over the place, but a lot of the early Black Series releases, um, they're pretty hard to get. Um, the Yoda especially seems to have jumped in price. Um, I remember that one sitting on shelves here, but now it's pretty hard to get at $300 plus. Um, Kylo Ren's original one lightsaber is pretty expensive too. Um it's not something I personally collect, and I don't necessarily think of Black Series as helmets and lightsabers, but that's the kind of the beauty of this line is that it extends beyond just toys or just action figures per se. Um, but anyway, that, that kind of gives us a little bit of an overview of the Black Series itself. There's a lot more we could go into detail with, um, and there are definitely standouts in every um, aspect of the line, whether it's the orange-blue line cards box you know or if it's the red box with the numbers and there's standouts in all of these i think the take home is that exclusives will always for the most part hold their value if not increase 
um, and that some of those early releases that maybe were short-packed or only released for a short period of time have kind of held. Hasbro is doing favors for us, though, and they are re-releasing a lot of these figures. Now, for the purists, some of these are going to be an updated deco or face sculpts, and that can be a little bit um, nerve-wracking if you are a completist and want the very earliest versions, but in general, they're out there. So, anyway, this was Trent Bailey. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we got Jason coming up next with the Vintage Collection and the Retro Series. Hey everyone, my name is Jason Wasolko. I'm a modern Star Wars collector, and today I'm going to talk to you about the Vintage Collection and the Retro Collection. The Vintage Collection is a legacy of those original 12 figures released in 1978. The passion of the fans keeps this scale of figures alive. When you walk the aisles of Target or Walmart, you're going to see 6-inch Batman, Ghostbusters, Fortnite, G.I. Joe, and even Ninja Turtle figures. Many of those lines had a 3.5 scale figure, and it's been since replaced with a 6-inch one. Earlier this year, when a May Hasbro panel revealed a disproportionate number of vintage collection figures compared to Black Series ones, fans got upset and a grassroots petition was created on Change.org for more vintage collection figures, which garnered more than 8,000 signatures. So currently, there is a strong and dedicated fan base keeping this line alive, especially through the quarantine. In the past eight months since The Rise of Skywalker has been released, we've seen close to 20 new figures. Surprisingly, VC-156 Ray from the last movie is selling for about $28 on the aftermarket. That's the highest of that movie that saw a wide release. The Amazon-exclusive Sith Trooper Armory Pack is going for about $40. Figures with an exclusive channel seem to have a higher value on the secondary market. And it's usually those figures that are the most costly to acquire right now. These are vintage collection figures that came out through an exclusive channel like a specific online retailer or at a convention. The San Diego Comic-Con Death Star Revenge of the Jedi pack with the exclusive Salacious Crumb and Mouse Droid can go for about $2,000. Salacious Crumb and the Mouse Droid alone can go anywhere between $300 and $500 depending on the site or the auction. Jocasta New, which was a Brian Toys exclusive, who once clearanced the figure, now goes for $130. Originally, she only cost $25. VC00, the exclusive yak face that came with the HasLab sale barge, is going up to $300 to $400. The 2012 Cloud City 6-pack, um, which included the Jar Jar Binks in Carbonite, can go for about $600. The Mandalorian is hot as well during quarantine. He's going for about $30 on eBay. It's not a bad climb for a figure, which was released in late spring. He's seen a faster jump in price in a shorter amount of time than anything released for Rise of Skywalker. Unpunched items are still driving costs. The recent release of VC-47, General Lando Calrissian, is going for about $12 on eBay. If he happens to have an unpunched card, he's selling for about $30. I haven't seen many unpunched figures since the relaunch of this line. Figures were pulled from boxes unpunched during the, during the original run between 2010 and 2012. Re-releases of vintage collection figures like that General Lando who was released earlier this summer, does have an effect on the aftermarket. For example, VC-92 Anakin Skywalker from Clone Wars once went for prices over $100. Now he's cooled to about $45. I expect that price to continue to fall as we approach its re-release, which should be happening any day now. When you look at VC-01 Dengar, the first vintage collection figure released in 2010, he's selling currently for about $55. And you compare that to VC-02 Princess Leia, 
who had a re-release last summer, she's selling for about $20 in the aftermarket. Vintage collection re-releases like that help make these figures accessible to newer collectors, and newer collectors will help keep this line alive and thriving. Another trend I've seen, and this should be this shouldn't be surprising with all the troop builders out there, but troopers of all sorts are in demand. VC60, the 501st clone trooper from the Revenge of the Sith with blue markings, he's selling for about $125. VC19 clone commander Cody is selling for $100. These could all benefit from re-releases to make them more accessible for new collectors. VC112, the sand trooper from A New Hope, is selling for $100 on a non-lost line card back, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Due to the popularity and success of VC140, the Stormtrooper on a Rogue One card, and VC165, the Remnant Stormtrooper from The Mandalorian with scuff marks and dirt on his armor, VC127, the Black Armored Death Trooper, Hasbro decided to release those figures as their own wave, meaning that they would come eight to a box. It's a way to get these figures out there so collectors can open them up, troop build, have them displayed so that you see a bunch of figures on the shelf. Figures released late in the run in 2012 are still in demand. VC-107 Weekway is still going for $80. VC-100 Starkiller from the Force Unleashed game is selling for $100. VC-101 Shea Vizsla is selling for $200. And VC-108 Jar Jar Binks, he's selling for $60. The last few figures released in 2012 included a Lost Line card back. Figures on this card are going for about $30 on the aftermarket. The Lost line of figures has blue outlines around the figures. Star Wars is in blue. It looks completely different. It harkens back to a proposed line during the original run of the Kenner figures. There are fewer versions of these figures as regular card backs, meaning they look like just all the other figures in the line. And as a result, those can go anywhere between $60 and $100. I'm very excited to learn about what the new HasLab project is going to be towards the end of September. Jabba the Hutt Sail Barge, the original HasLab project, which struggled initially to get funded for $500, now sells on the secondary market for $1,000 to $1,200. Fans keep asking for playsets, but they don't seem to sell really well. They sit on shelves. A game collectors like to play with the vintage collection is the clearance game. With the rise of inventory sites like BrickSeek, collectors can sit at home, track prices at Walmart and Target, and wait for these prices to get marked down. The latest uh, vintage collection playset, Jabba the Hutt's Palace, was a $50 ask originally, and they remained on the shelf until they were marked down to $13 or even $7 in stores. Why buy when you can wait, right? It's a risky game, but it can work out well for a collector. I expect the same pattern with the carbon freeze chamber if that reaches store shelves. The other line that's been released is the Retro Collection, which doesn't have a significant price increase on the secondary market. I can tell there's a rush to grab these figures based on conversations I've seen in collecting groups, which is kind of surprising since a lot of collectors didn't appreciate these at the start of their release. A lot of collectors saw these as reproductions and felt that they didn't need to add these to their collection. But I think the rush of nostalgia that collectors get when finding these in the store has an appeal for them. Collectors even covet the Hasbro shipping box these, can- these figures come in. But the individual figures are not going for more than $20 once purchased in the store. Boba Fett is the exception, as usual, who's selling for about $30. That's it for a look at modern collecting during quarantine. Again, my name is Jason. I'm with the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors, and thank you. Hello. My name is Clifton Boggs. I'm owner and operator of Happy Pappy's Action Figure Extravaganza 
We are located in downtown Canton, Ohio. I'm here to talk to you today about future releases, pre-orders, and letdowns. We're first going to talk about Hasbro Pulse exclusives. You could only order these off of their website, HasbroPulse.com. Vintage Collection 501st Art Trooper Pack will have Echoes, Fives, and Jesse. It's the first Clone Wars release since 2012. You will be able to pre-order that in September for $49.99. Next, we have a Black Series 4-pack. It's called Heroes of Endor. It will have Leia, Han, Luke, and Paplu. It comes with some accessories. Leia and Han do not have soft goods, but it's still a really nice pack. And uh, that also goes up for pre-order in September for $109.99. Black Series, the 40th anniversary, Wampa will come in a vintage-style box. And it also goes up for pre-order in September and it will be $39.99. The Vintage Collection Carbon Freeze Chamber with the Stormtrooper, it's up for pre-order now, and it will ship in November, and it's $49.99. We're going to move along to Target. These are Target exclusives. You could either buy them on their website, or you can find them in stores. Last year around the holidays, Target and Disney joined together and made this little Disney shop right by the toy section in Target. First is the Black Series Hondo Naka, Galaxy's Edge Trading Post. It'll be $24.99. Black Series Mountain Trooper, Galaxy's Edge Trading Post, $24.99. Black Series DJ Rex, Galaxy's Edge Trading Post. He used to fly the Star Tour Speeder in Disney, and now you can find him in Oga's Cantina, which he will be $24.99 as well. Black Series Captain Cardinal, He's a red First Order Stormtrooper, and he was introduced in the two novels about the Galaxy's Edge trading post, and he will be $24.99. Most of you might be receiving right now the Millennium Falcon from the Vintage Collection. Um, You can only buy it on Target.com, and it is... $399.99. It comes with a Hondo Anaka, a Chewbacca, and four Porgs. It also comes with a square dish and a round dish, so you can have the Galaxy's Edge uh, Millennium Falcon, or you can have the Millennium Falcon from the original trilogy. It's also going to have new sounds from the Galaxy's Edge trading post. Now we're moving to Target exclusives. These exclusives were really tough to get. They went up for pre-order 
in July. It went up in the morning, sold out in minutes, and then around 3 o'clock they went up and sold out in minutes. This is a Black Series Mandalorian Super Commando at $24.99. Next is a Black Series Mandalorian Loyaltist for $24.99. Black Series 332nd Ahsoka Clone Trooper at $24.99. Black Series Ahsoka for $24.99. It's really exciting to see new Clone Wars releasing with the Black Series. Because in previous line, we had just a Clone Trooper. Now we get an extra four more. Move along to Disney. Disney does these great exclusives around the holidays, well, around Halloween, and uh, it's from the Droid Factory. It's a BB Boo 20. It's a Halloween droid. Every year for the past, I want to say five, six years, they've been doing a nice Halloween droid. So... If you're down in Disney, or maybe you'll see it on uh, DisneyStore.com, try to pick that up. Also, these are through Disney. These are the toy box figures. There's going to be a Jango Fett for $12.99. There's going to be a toy box Stormtrooper for $12.99. There's going to be a toy box Mandalorian for $12.99. Lego has this nice set that's coming out, and you can buy it through Lego. It's for the 40th anniversary. It's called the Bestman Duel. It comes with Luke and Vader. It's one of the pinnacle fight scenes where Luke finds out who Vader is, and he loses his hand. Rumors, there's going to be a Black Series Clone Trooper Lieutenant Phase 1 looking forward to seeing this um, this one right here I'm totally excited about it's a Black Series Cad Bane it's a convention exclusive I'm sure we will know more about it here soon but I cannot wait to check this one out I will definitely own this piece um, also there's a Black Series uh, R5 P8 it's Hondo Anaka's droid from the Galaxy's Edge also, Black Series, Commander Pry. He's the gold uh, trooper from the Resistance. Now we're going to talk about the HasLab. Really bummed out that they didn't release any information on the HasLab, but they seem excited about it. Um, I know here coming up in September, they're having something called Hasbro Pulse Con. It's going to be a virtual con. It's going to be September 25th and 26th. So hopefully, with us waiting this long, we're going to be super excited about what they're going to release. I'm really hoping for um, Jar Jar's Underwater Kingdom. But who knows? I could only wish, right? No, I'm just kidding. I want to thank the Georgia Alliance Collectors Club for having this virtual weekend. It was a blast. 
Thank you very much. If you're ever in Canton, Ohio, stop on in. I love talking toys. I love hanging out. And uh, have a good one. I hope this panel has been helpful in providing you with an overview and a little more insight into the values and trends of the Star Wars figures and collectibles we know and love. Thank you so much to Ryan, Elling, Anthony, Chris, Trent, Jason, and Clifton for being a part of the panel and for making it something special. And a sincere thank you to Justin for producing the panel and to everyone who worked to make this wonderful weekend happen. And here's Justin to tell you where to find all of the coverage of the Georgia Virtual Social. All right, for everyone who's interested in seeing more of the GASWC Virtual Social, please check us out on YouTube. Just search Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors or GASWC Virtual Social. You'll be able to see the entire weekend of programming from our interviews with former Kenner employees, the authors of Engineering and Empire, Formal look at Gus Lopez's collection, the Boba Cabana, and so much more. David, I thank you so much for being a part of that weekend and look forward to the podcast. Cheers, guys. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Star Wars Prototypes and Production. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to learn more about the Georgia Alliance and all of the wonderful things they do, you can find them on Facebook at the GASWC or the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors. Georgia Alliance, may the Force be with you, always.